0: invite you to listen to Dr. Watson tell us another exciting adventure he shared with his old friend, that master detective, Sherlock Holmes. And as for me, well, I'd like to tell you that a time like right now is the perfect time for a glass of Petri California Port. After you've had a good dinner, boy, Petri Port is a real topper. That rich, deep red Petri Port is really an extraordinary wine. Even its color's different. And as for its flavor, well, it'll take a better man than me to describe that. Petri port is a hearty wine, sure. And every other quality that you look for in a good port, you'll find in Petri port and then some. Try Petri port by itself or serve it with fruit, with nuts or with cake. But share it with your friends, will you? Because you can serve it proudly. After all, it is a Petri wine. And that name Petri is the proudest name in the history of American wines. Now, let's visit our old friend and host, Dr. Watson.
1: Good evening, Mr. Bartell. Good evening, Doctor. Settle yourself down and
0: get your pipe going. <laughs> Thanks. Doctor, last week you told us that tonight's story took place
1: in the Kasbah at Algiers. Yes, the Kasbah. I remember it as the place of countless streets winding up and down, past colorful cafes where a hundred tongues were spoken, and often a street would end in shadowy darkness which a man would be foolhardy to enter alone. Yes, Mr. Bartell, that was the Casper that Sherlock Holmes and I knew in that winter of 99. Well, how did you happen to be out there, Doctor? <laughs> do you mind if I tell you the story from the start, Mr. Bartell? It really began on a wintry night in Baker Street at the conclusion of the strange murder hmm. in Montrevor Castle. A charming young girl sat on the sofa of our lodgings in Baker Street
2: and talked to us. But, Mr. Holmes, you can't say you'll have nothing more to do with the Montrever. I Miss
3: I found the true murderer of the Dowager Countess, and he committed suicide. Surely the case has ended.
2: Yes, Mr. Holmes, you found the real murderer. But now I want you to find the unfortunate young man who fled England five years ago when he was suspected of a crime. This is a new
1: development, Mr. Steadfielder. Please tell us about it.
2: It's Douglas Milton that I'm talking about. Oh, yes,
1: yes, yes. He was the heir to the title, wasn't he?
2: Yes, Mr. Holmes. He was a sensitive, artistic boy, and, and when he knew that he was under suspicion, he ran away.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Of course, everyone regarded his flight as an, as an admission of guilt. That is, until you found the real culprit, Mr. Holmes. I imagine,
1: Miss Tretfield, that your interest in the missing boy is not entirely, shall we say, uh, altruistic.
2: I'm in love with him, Dr. Watson. We were engaged to be married when he ran away. Mr. Holmes, you've got to find him. He must know that his name has been cleared and that he's inherited the title.
3: Miss Tretfield, have you any direct news, any letter from your fiancé since he left five years ago? None. Any clues as to his hiding place?
2: Only this. It's a painting I received anonymously a year after he had left. Oh. It was sent from a forwarding address in London. Here it is, Mr. Holmes. Thank you. Oh,
1: it's a small oil painting.
2: Very good one, too,
3: sir. Yes. a splendid sense of composition and his use of color is unusually brilliant. You recognize this painting as the work of your fiancé, Miss Stretfield? I'm certain of it. Yes. Wonderful use of color. Observe the delicate shadings of that sunset. And the brilliant green of the oasis. This scene is extraordinarily reminiscent... The desert in North Africa.
2: Yes. Yes, that's what made me say I was certain he'd gone abroad, Mr. Holmes. But why
3: should he go to North Africa? A good place, Watson, for an Englishman who imagines himself to be escaping justice. Remember, the foreign legion is stationed there.
2: You think he might have joined the legion, Mr. Holmes?
3: Right. Would seem logical. No questions are asked to those who join it, and its colorful obscurity might easily appeal to a young fellow in trouble. Hello. What is it, Holmes? Quite a few grains of sand in between the canvas and the frame here. Miss Dreadfield, do you mind if I pry the canvas loose?
2: Do anything you like, Mr. Holmes, if it gives you any clue to Douglas's whereabouts.
3: Give me your penknife, will you, Watson? Yeah. Thanks, old chap. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, here we are. Can you see anything? Uh-huh. Look. The word Sheriff. An El a stamped here. Sheriff is probably the framer's name, and El is a town some 50 miles from Algiers. That settles it. Miss Strutfield, I accept your case. Watson and I will go to Africa and try to find your fiancée, Douglas Milton.
4: Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. I have heard of you so often, but I never thought I should see you here at the headquarters of the Foreign Legion.
3: What can I do for you, gentlemen? Well, Colonel Brisson... I'm uh, trying to trace an Englishman who has been missing during the past four years. I have reason to believe that he uh, might have joined the Legion. Yeah. I shall look in my records. Uh, let me see.
4: Four years ago would be 1895. Uh, if Sherlock Holmes is tracking him, then I suppose he was in trouble in his own country. If he was in trouble, he might easily have come to us. We ask no questions. 97, 96, ah, 95... In that year, three young Englishmen joined us. One of them died of dysentery two years ago in Cedar One of them deserted 18 months ago, and we have been unable to trace
3: him. The third is my adjutant who brought you into my office just now. And he is, I would say, about um, three inches shorter than Douglas Milton. And men do not uh, shrink in the foreign legion, eh, Colonel?
4: They do not, Monsieur Holmes. I and mean, the <laughs> fellow
3: who deserted must be our man. Unless it's the one who died of dysentery. Colonel de Brisson. How would you advise us to set about trying to find a deserter?
4: Monsieur Holmes, there's only one place in Algeria where a man can hide from the foreign legion and remain here. Oh, and what's that place? The Casbah in Algiers. Then
3: that's our destination, Watson. Uh,
4: be very careful, please, <clears throat> gentlemen. The Casbah is a place where the law is exiled. The police have no jurisdiction there. The only rule is that
3: of strength, violence, and trickery. We'll be very cautious, I assure you. Goodbye, Colonel prison and thank you for your help.
1: Well, I must say that I think Colonel de Brisson rather exaggerated the dangers of the Casper. <laughs> I suppose you're going to tell me this cafe is the headquarters for a dope smuggling ring or white slaving or something.
3: Its ramifications are even more extensive than those you've mentioned. You're joking, Holmes. I assure you I'm not, old fellow. Huh? My old friend, Duamel, is chief of police in Algiers. When I told him our mission, he advised me to come here. A 500-franc note and the proprietor can obtain any and all information regarding the underworld. For as little as 200 francs, he can arrange a murder. So that gives you some idea of the relative values in the Casbah.
1: Good Lord, then you've already spoken to the proprietor? Oh, yes,
3: yes, a charming, scoundrelly fellow by the name of Rafi. I gave him 500 francs and asked him to set his underworld grapevine in motion to see whether an Englishman living and hiding here in the Casbah could be found.
1: And uh, I thought we'd come here for a quiet meal. <laughs> here comes
3: Rafi now. Let's hope he has news for us. Here
5: we are, Rafi. Okay. Come and sit down, won't you? Uh, Rafi works fast, does he not, Mr. Holmes? Uh, uh, your friend is... My friend knows that you're working with me. We'll be found out. A, a drink first. The tongue of Rafi is parched. Oh, yeah. uh, would you have me die of thirst before I give you my news? Vermouth Cassis. Rafi? You have news for me then? Uh, but yes. Good, what is it? First, you will pay me more money, no? Uh, but I gave you 500 francs. You said that you do the job for that. Can I help it if some tongues are more costly to make wag than others? <laughs> it took the 500 to get the wag. Am I to have nothing for my own trouble?
6: Ah,
5: <laughs> oh, good, good. The gentleman will pay for it. <laughs> there you are.
6: Missy, Missy.
5: I will drink to your health, gentlemen, both of you. You will pay me more
1: money, no? But my friend's already given you 500. You should stick to your bargain, my good fellow.
5: My information is a bargain at 750 francs. It would be a bargain at a 1,000, but Rafi will let you have it for 750 oh. because he likes you. You will give it to me, no? And if I refuse? <laughs> then you get no information and... Uh, Perhaps I spread news in the Kasbah that makes it uncomfortable for you gentlemen to be there. Wait, right, Scott, this is blackmail. Uh, I get the money, no? <laughs> You're a scoundrel, Rafi. Of course I am a scoundrel. <laughs> Here's your money. An information. There is it, an Englishman hiding here in the Kasbah. I do not know his name, but he is tall and fair haired. I cannot tell you where he lives. But if you go to the cafe of a thousand sighs, you will find a girl who sings there. A girl who sings like a nightingale. Her name is Aisha, and she can lead you to your Englishman. A girl named Aisha in the cafe of a thousand sighs. That is right. I would suggest that you go there in disguise. Two well-dressed Englishmen might find themselves in trouble. For a small fee, say 200 francs, I will escort you oh, myself. Thank you, thank you. Yes, I, I think we can manage by ourselves, Rafi. Oh, uh, if your business is concluded quickly and time weighs heavy on your hands, Rafi can take you to some places of rare interest. Dancing girls that wither one's eyeballs with their beauty. <laughs> For 500 francs, gentlemen... Uh, thank I... you,
3: Rafi, thank you. I have a feeling that time will not weigh heavily on our hands. Good night.
5: You work too hard, gentlemen. You should learn how to play. Good night.
1: <laughs> on my soul, I think that fellow's the biggest blackguard I ever met. <laughs> I quite agree, old chap,
3: but he is amusing.
1: Uh, b- b- by the way, Holmes, uh, don't you think that when this case is finished, we might have a time on our hands?
3: Oh, 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 Watson, you're incorrigible. But I think... Watson. What is it? The man sitting over in the corner by himself. Uh, Joe, yes, it's yes.
1: His face seems familiar. We've seen him
3: before somewhere. Of course we have. His name is Oliver Leeming. We met him at the inquest on the Montreller case. So we did. Now, what on earth do
1: you suppose he's doing here in the
3: Castle? Not, not on a holiday, I'm sure. Mr. Oliver Leeming, if you recall, is a, a cousin of Douglas Milton's. The man we are searching for. If Milton were ever declared legally dead, Mr. Leeming over there would uh, inherit the title. It
1: looks to me as if we're not the only people in the
3: Casper who are
1: searching for the missing heir. That's true, old fellow. Come on,
3: let's go and talk to the gentleman. Mr. Oliver Leeming, how very out to meet you here. Well, well. Sherlock Holmes and Doctor Watson, won't you sit down? thank you. Well, it's a small place,
7: isn't it? Or has somebody said that before? I wondered if you'd spot me over here in the corner. Oh, you saw, sir. Of course. But you seem to be in such deep conversation with that scoundrel, Rafi.
5: <laughs> I didn't like to
3: disturb you. <laughs> Very considerate of you, I'm sure. Why, are you here, Mr. Leeming? Oh, I'm making a business trip. This is my day off. As I recall it, um, you're in the publishing business. Correct. What a memory you have. It seems peculiar that you should uh, be on a business trip here. Are you planning on opening a publishing house in Algiers, or are you uh, searching the Casbah for new authors? Why not? I'm a great believer in encouraging new talent. Mr. Leeming, why don't you admit that you're here for the express purpose of trying to find your cousin, Douglas Milton?
7: Mr. Holmes, you've discovered my secret. The great Sherlock Holmes and his watchdog have their eagle eyes on me. They know that I succeed to the title if Douglas Milton dies.
3: Yes, Mr. Leeming, we know that fact. And you have
7: fathomed my plan to find Douglas before me and kill him so that I may inherit the title. How lucky I am to meet you in Morkasba, where you cannot arrest me. (laughs) Well, it's a race against time, gentlemen, but I have a head start as you will soon find out.
1: Goodbye, and the best of luck to you. Mm, Extraordinary fellow. He's joking, of course.
3: I believe not, Watson. I think he labors under the whimsical belief that the best method of discounting the truth is to state it as boldly so that it will not be believed.
1: Great. Captain, we must work fast.
3: Yes, old chap, we must. I'm sure that we're entrance in a race against death. We must get back to the hotel and into our disguises as quickly as possible. After that, we shall visit a young lady named Aisha on the cafe of a thousand sighs. And I'm certain, Watson, that it will be the first time two men have ever entered the casbah for the express purpose of preventing a murder.
0: We'll hear the rest of Dr. Watson's story in just about a second, which gives me time to remind you that if you like the flavor of big, plump, juicy Muscat grapes, you'll love the flavor of Petri California Muscatel. What a wine. Petri Muscatel is the perfect after-dinner wine... It looks good, smells better than it looks. And when it comes to the taste department, well, you never tasted anything like it. For a really good wine, remember first Petri, then Muscatel. Petri
1: Muscatel. Well,
0: Doctor, I can hardly wait to hear what happened next. You and Sherlock Holmes went back to the hotel, I suppose.
1: Yes, Mr. Bartell. Holmes quickly adopted the disguise of an Arab guide while I assumed the role of a tourist. And we started off on our search. Outside the cafe of a thousand size, we met with a rude shock. Good Lord. It's the fellow we met in the cafe. Yes, Oliver
3: Leeming, With a knife between his shoulders.
1: He's dead, Holmes. Shouldn't we get into touch with the
3: police? What can they do? Remember, there is no law on the casbah. In any case, this man is beyond our help. Our job is to protect the living. Come on, old fellow. Let's go to the cafe of a thousand size and find this girl, Aisha. The girl, Rafi, says... Sings
8: like a nightingale. I come on qui je my petit bourgeoisie. My tongue, my tongue, my Y en a d'autres
1: So,
3: so that's the girl, Aisha. She, she's very beautiful. Don't forget our role of tourist and guide, old chap.
5: Master, would wish to meet this Aisha? Uh, very much
3: indeed. I will see if it can be arranged, master. Wait here for me, Watson. I'll see what I can do.
1: Right, right to your homes. Be careful now. Huh?
3: Moselle Aisha. What do you want, greasy one? There is an Englishman at the table over there. He wishes to talk to Aisha. Which one is he? The man who sits at the table in the corner. He is very rich, Aisha, and get marks you a great deal. He told me to give you this 500-franc note.
8: So? Very well. You may bring him to my rooms. The door is at top of stairway, to the right.
3: Good, Aisha, I fetch him.
8: I shall be waiting.
3: I shall see you, master. Follow me, please. Oh,
1: very well. I hope you know that you're going to handle this, Holmes.
3: Don't worry, Watson. In this case, I think honesty will be the best policy.
1: Well, I'm not so sure. This place is a thief's kitchen if ever I saw one. You'd better be careful. 1st door to the right at the top of the stairs. This is it.
8: Come in. Oh, come and sit over here, Mr. Englishman. Greasy one. You may leave us.
3: Mademoiselle, I, uh... May as well tell you at once that I am not an Arab guide. My name is Sherlock Holmes.
8: What do you want with me? Why you trick your way in here?
3: Don't be frightened, Mademoiselle. I can explain our mission in a very few words. My friend and I have come in search of an Englishman by the name of Douglas Milton. We have good news for him.
8: What make you think I might know of him?
3: A gentleman by the name of Rafi suggested that you might.
8: What is your good news for this Englishman?
3: That he has been cleared of suspicion of murder and that he is the rightful Earl of Montreux.
8: That means when he knows this, he will leave the Kasbah and return to his country?
1: Naturally, madame.
8: I do not know this man. I have never heard of him. Here is your 500 francs. Goodbye.
6: Not so fast, Aisha Montesquieu. I've been listening from behind these curtains. Gentlemen, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Douglas Milton. Douglas Milton, we found you at last. Oh, it gives me infinite
3: pleasure. You <laughs> have succeeded trouble. at my mission. How do you do, sir? So? <laughs> oh, this <laughs> is very exciting.
6: Isn't it? <laughs> yes, I think the occasion
3: calls for a drink. Uh, what will it be, gentlemen? Well, I think uh, a glass of port would be very nice, sir. Yes, it would be the most appropriate for toasting the new Earl of Montrella. Splendid,
6: splendid. Aisha, uh, bring glasses and a bottle of port and some uh, creme de malt for me.
8: You are not going to England. I will never let you leave me.
6: Oh, stop being so melodramatic, Aisha. Please bring two bottles and some glasses.
8: Very well. I am sorry.
6: Mr. Holmes, I can't tell you how I appreciate your trouble in coming all this way to find me, but well, I must tell you at once, there's one problem that makes it difficult for me to leave this country. You see, I... I deserted from the Foreign Legion.
1: Yes, 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 we know that, my boy. In fact, that's how we first got onto your trail. I shouldn't
3: let that fact worry you, Mr. Milton. I'm certain the British consul in Algiers can arrange to have any charges dropped against a peer of the realm. Oh, well, I I never thought of that.
8: Here are the bottles.
6: You must excuse the glasses, gentlemen. Tumblers are hardly correct, I suppose, but <laughs> well, they won't spoil the flavor, I'm sure. Ah, two glasses of port and uh, a grand amount for me. Only three glasses, Aisha? Bring a glass for yourself.
8: I do not wish to drink.
6: And I insist that you do. Bring a glass, Aisha.
8: Why should I drink if you are leaving,
6: Mr. Milton? Uh, do you know Oliver Leeming? Oh, of course, he's my cousin. As he came here half an hour ago and threatened me.
1: Did you also know that he's lying dead in the street? Murdered?
6: Well, yes. Yes, I did. If
1: we went in the Casper, I wouldn't
6: tell you this, but Aisha stabbed him. She followed him when he left here. He, he killed him and then slipped back just in time to sing a song a few moments ago. Oh, you needn't look so shocked, Dr. Watson. Life is cheap in the Casper, and Aisha is a girl of violent passions. Come
3: on, let's let's drink. A toast to the new Earl of Montreva. Yeah.
1: Oh, <coughs> excuse me, sir. You took the wrong glass. You were drinking my port. Oh, silly
6: mistake. I can't bear port. Very un English of me, I'm afraid, but, well, after all these years, I don't feel particularly English. In fact, I'll probably find it very hard to adjust myself to the old
3: life when I go back. Or perhaps I should say, if I go back. Since you feel that way about it, Mr. Milton, why go? You can claim the title and the revenues of the estate without leaving Algeria. You could stay here and live on the income. I didn't realize that would be possible. You sure I could do that? Oh, yes, I'm quite certain of it. Hmm. But if you doubt my word, I suggest we all adjourn to the British consulate in Algiers. They can put you straight on the matter. That's a good idea. Let's go over there at once.
8: Mm, uh, Now, I've been listening to you, my friend. You're planning to leave me. Once you go from the casbah, I shall never see you again.
6: Put down that knife, Aisha.
8: I will not let you go. You belong to me. If you try to leave me now, I will kill you. Put down
6: that knife, Aisha. You've done enough damage for one night. Why, are you... Put it down, you fool. Put it down. She twisted
3: the knife on herself as she fell.
1: Holmes, help me turn her over. She's dead, Mr. Milton.
3: Poor Aisha. It's a bloody path that leads to the Montrevor title, sir. I suggest that we see that this poor girl's body is taken care of. Then go to the British Consulate without any further delay. Now that we are at the consulate, Mr. Milton, I suggest that you swear on oath that you are Douglas Milton, heir to the Montrevor Estate. This gentleman is a commissioner of oaths, and we can go in and see the consul. Very
7: well. Now, now uh, rise the right hand, please, and repeat after me... I hereby solemnly swear that I am Douglas Milton, the missing heir to the Montrevo estate. I hereby swear that I
6: am Douglas Milton, missing heir to the Montrevo estate.
7: Thank you, sir. And now, if you'll sign the statement here, these gentlemen can witness it. There you are. Thank you, sir. And now, if uh, you gentlemen will sign. Yes, certainly.
6: (laughs) Thank you, gentlemen. The document is now legal. Splendid. Now let's go over and see the consul. Not yet, my friend. Watson, this man is not Douglas Milton. What the devil are you talking about?
3: There is no law on the Casbah, sir, so you cannot be punished for the two murders you committed there. But now that your avarice has tempted you here to Algiers, where you've been foolish enough to sign a false statement, I think we can at least settle you very nicely for desertion, false impersonation, forgery and perjury. Holmes, what do you mean? The story should be obvious, old fellow. Oliver Leeming did track down the deserter. Recognition was uncertain after so many years, but at least it gave this gentleman the idea of impersonating the real Douglas Milton, a friend of his. You have a lively imagination, Mr. Holmes. The real Douglas Milton died of dysentery two years ago in Sidel el As soon as the idea of impersonating Milton was born, Leeming had to die. Your
6: theories are very interesting, but you haven't a shred of
3: proof. I say that I'm Douglas Milton. How are you going to prove otherwise? Very simply, my dear sir, Douglas Milton was a painter. A painter who excelled in the use of vivid colors. You, sir, suffer from the quite common malady of red-green color blindness. Less than an hour ago, you mistook a glass of port, which is red, for a glass of creme de menthe, which is green. I knew at once that you were an imposter. You're cleverer than I thought you were, Holmes. Goodbye. Here, here, come back. No, no, Watson. Don't go after him. But we can't let him escape, Holmes. Don't worry, old chap. He won't escape. I sent a message to Colonel de Brisson. If you go to the window, I think you'll find that the consulate is being watched. The Legion has a long memory for desertion. I don't think he'll get very far. They got him, Holmes. Shot him as he was trying to run away. just death for him. He lived a life of violence and treachery, Watson. It's only fitting that he should die in the same manner.
0: Doctor, that was a swell story, but... You know something? I I wish you hadn't disillusioned me about the Casbah. Disillusioned you? What do you mean? Well, before I heard your story, whenever somebody mentioned the Casbah, I'd always visualize a very glamorous, romantic sort of place full of beautiful women, every one of them a ringer for Hedy Lamar. No. Yep. And I could just see myself, handsome, dashing, going up to one of those beautiful girls and whispering in my fine French accent Darling, you're a sensational. You're a lovely, gorgeous. Tell me. Have you ever tried Petri wine? It's wonderful. Well, you must admit, Doctor, that that is the truth. <laughs> it is wonderful wine. It certainly <laughs> ought to be. <laughs> <laughs> After all, winemaking has been the business of the Petri family ever since way back in the 1800s. For generations, the Petri family has handed down from father to son, from father to son, the fine art of turning luscious, sun-ripened grapes into fragrant, delicious wine. And don't forget, because the making of Petri wine is a family affair... The letters P-E-T-R-I on a bottle of wine are the personal assurance of the Petri family that every drop of wine in that bottle is good wine. So no matter what type of wine you prefer, for any occasion, remember you can't go wrong with a Petri wine, because Petri took time to bring you good wine. Well, Doctor, now I suppose you're ready to tell us about next week's story?
1: Yes, and as soon as I have, I want you to meet a friend of mine. Yes. But first, Mr. Bartell, next week I'm going to tell you an adventure in which, for once, Holmes came off second best. An exciting story of high society and romance. I call it A
0: Scandal in Bohemia. Boy, that sounds swell. And now, what about your friend?
1: Well, he's waiting at the microphone in San Francisco. He's Dr. Langley Porter. And he wants to tell us about something very important. Dr. Langley
9: Porter. Thank you, Dr. Watson. Radio listeners, tonight in Italy there are thousands, many thousands, dying of cold and hunger. Babies, children, expectant mothers, old folks, dying for want of clothes, want of food. This organization, American Relief for Italy, appeals to you to search your homes for anything that can be made useful for starving, freezing men, women, children... Clothing, layettes for babies, diapers, shoes, food, surgical supplies. But above all, clothes, clean clothes, fit to wear. Take them to the nearest fire station. That your gifts will reach the Italians who need them, you may be sure. Americans of this organization will distribute the packages in Italy through the Italian Red Cross, the Catholic Relief Organization, the League of Italian Women the Confederation of Italian Labor, and the Italian government. In California, rationing has gone. Christmas comes. There, in Italy, death is on the prowl. (laughs) Radio listeners, lives can be saved. It's up to you.
1: Thank you, Dr. Langley Porter. I know that our friends listening in will do all that they can to help the organization... American relief for Italy.
0: Tonight, Sherlock Holmes' adventure is written by Dennis Green and Anthony Boucher and was suggested by an incident in the Sir Arthur Conan Doyle story, The Crooked Man. Music is by Dean Fossler. Mr. Rathbone appears through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer and Mr. Bruce through the courtesy of Universal Pictures, where they are now starring in the Sherlock Holmes series. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.